News, politics, and special guests with a Texas twist. That's the goal of the Luke Macias Show. Our nation and state are at a crossroads, and if you're not informed, you're not equipped to make the change that our community needs. Join the conversation and join the cause for liberty today. Well, this is not a fun podcast to record. Uh, My third episode for my podcast was in a conversation with James Dickey when he was chairman of the Republican Party of Texas. I campaigned for him in his re-election against Cindy Ash, uh, was paid by the campaign. I mean, you can see records will show it. I literally, I mean, flipped individuals within my Senate caucus, Senate District 25, in favor of James Dickey, who were not going to vote for him just last state convention. And now I'm in a position of not supporting him for re-election and really not being able to vote for him. And I wanted to communicate why. Um, I know some of you are still on the fence. I've had conversations with you in the last week of people who are just trying to decide what they're going to do. And so I wanted to go through my thought process and really why I can't vote for James Dickey for re-election. Um, you know, I think the genesis of Chairman Dickey started becoming more apparent to people when the recording of Dennis Bonin got released. And, um, that recording was released. James Dickey was given an opportunity to listen to it uh, along with the other state officials, and he decided not to. A lot of grassroots people, uh, some of which are even supporting him for re-election, by the way, reached out and asked him to listen to that recording, and he just wouldn't do it. Uh, at the, I had a conversation with him during that time, and I don't want to go into all the back and forth that we had, but during that conversation, he kept on pushing the exact Dennis Bonin talking points, which was the recording has to be released. The recording has to be released. He kept pushing this idea that it just needed to get out there in the public. Now, Dennis Bonin and Greg Abbott and the rest of the Austin officials that wanted to control that narrative were trying to, they assumed that if you just release the recording, they'd be able to survive uh, the pushback that they would get. And so James Dickey basically parroted Bonin's talking points by saying the recording needs to get out there. I'm not going to talk about this until the recording's released. At one point, he told me that it not being released was worse than any truth on the recording. And honestly, that statement that he made to me was the second I decided I can't vote for this guy for re-election. Because I realized that he didn't seem to even really care what the speaker did. He just wanted to move past it. So the recording eventually got released and more and more state representatives came out in opposition to the speaker and James Dickey remained silent. And he did something that he's done a couple times, which is what he says. He says the SREC is going to speak on this, right? There wasn't a formal meeting called or anything like that, but the SREC basically, because they got pressured by the grassroots and many of them stepped up and led on this, all signed a letter, uh, and not all of them, but the majority of them signed a letter saying, Speaker Bonin's got to go. And even when they did that, Dickey still did not call for Bonin to step down. Now, I, you might say, well, that just wasn't his place, okay? It wasn't his place to criticize Dennis Bonin. It wasn't his place to call for his resignation. It wasn't his place as the chairman to be worried and delving into that. But this is where my other problem comes up, which is the double standard that he seems to hold. Um, so a couple months later, you have State Representative Rick Miller from Fort Bend County, who is asked by the Houston Chronicle editorial board why he is being opposed by multiple people in the Republican primary. And he states, well, I'm synopsizing what he says, but he essentially said, I have a lot of Asians in my district, which is true. He's a heavily Asian 
district that he represents and it's a growing population. And these people are running against me because they're Asian and they think, you know, the implication was that they think they'll represent the district better than I would. Um, or they have more connections within those communities, something like that. And the media turned this into Rick Miller's a racist, uh, which he's not. And by the way, I've said this publicly, but I, I don't even, Rick Miller's not even a state representative that I think did an exceptionally good job as a state representative. I think he, on a personal level, is a really nice guy and um, sought to do the right thing, but I think too often he just kind of played with the establishment in Austin and didn't fight. But that being said, I do not believe Rick Miller is some racist pig, and I think that the, uh, the attempt to actually put that out there as the narrative is really just playing into the politically correct problem that we have. And the PC police jumped all over it. And guess who didn't wait for the SREC to speak? Guess who didn't wait for all the facts to come out? Guess who didn't stay silent like he did with Dennis Bonin, James Dickey. And all of a sudden the Republican party can just come out and say, this is a problem and we condemn this and this is wrong. Statements that everybody had asked for the grassroots had called for for the speaker of the texas house and yet silence and then when rick miller does it james dickey comes out interestingly enough that coincided with governor abbott also asking for rick miller to step down and opposing his re-election and withdrawing his support from representative miller that's when we started to see the shift continue so the shift started with the dennis bonin saga and then it continued on when you started seeing that the party seemingly could come out and speak out on issues of substance and character when governor abbott also was going to come out and speak on these issues some people feel like there's not a whole lot of difference between sometimes the texas gop and texans for greg abbott's communications director because they seem to coincide their messages very very often, which isn't necessarily a bad thing if it happens on issues that the grassroots agree on. But it is a problem when they're silent when the grassroots want them to speak, and then they speak when the grassroots aren't even highly prioritizing an issue, but Governor Abbott is. It's a problem when it comes to who has the most control over our party. That's kind of the second reason I can't vote for James Dickey. Greg Abbott cannot control the party. Greg Abbott cannot control the Republican Party of Texas. I've been stating that we have a major identity crisis in the Texas GOP for the last couple years, and I feel like many people, even people I consider friends, have looked at me like I'm crazy. And if the last couple months have not brought this to light, have not brought this reality to light, that we have a major problem when it comes, there's a cognitive dissonance that has gone on within our state elected officials between the principles that they campaign on, the policies that they, they say they believe to, the worldview that they adhere to and communicate to the grassroots, and then the way they actually govern and the results they actually deliver. And that separation has become even clearer over the last 60 days. You have almost daily a new Republican county party censuring the Republican governor of Texas. And yet in the last week, there have been no new state representatives or state senators come out and say, I also condemn the governor's dictatorial unilateral actions. The governor's abusing his authority significantly. 
And yet our elected officials aren't holding him accountable. Not all of them, by the way. I have actually publicly thanked so many of our state elected officials. When I say so many, I mean like a dozen state reps and state senators combined that have come out and said Abbott's doing the wrong thing. But the grassroots aren't having a problem stepping up and saying, we see problems and we're willing to call them out. Greg Abbott cannot control the Republican Party of Texas, and currently he does, significantly more than he will under Alan West's chairmanship, in my opinion. I could be wrong. This is something that I'm sure you as a grassroots Texan, if you're one of the conservative delegates that I know, you're probably getting a little weary, right? You feel like sometimes we're able to be victorious in our chairman races and sometimes the quote-unquote establishment is, is able to be victorious. But over time, even the people that we end up supporting seem to cater towards the middle, seem to be moved by the money. And that's what they do. The governor and the big donors in Texas tell the chairman, we will keep you very well funded if you stay in line. And that's what we often see out of our party. We see a party that stays in line, not a party that reflects the views of the grassroots Texans who actually are there. You're the blood, you're the sweat, you're the tears, you're the energy, you're the small donations, you're the block walking, you're the phone calling, you're the individuals that give your time, talent, and treasure to try to advance conservative policy in Texas, and yet the party often ignores you. When our elected officials ignore us, we need to send them a message. And that message cannot be sent any clearer than with the election of Alan West as the RPT chair. And again, I say this is not fun. My third podcast episode of this podcast, that was back before we even had the followers we have today, was titled Visionary Leadership in the Republican Party. And it was a conversation between myself and James Dickey. And you can go listen to that just to know that I don't hold animosity against this guy. I still don't hold animosity against James Dickey. I honestly have, it's sad to watch the evolution that has happened over the last year. But anybody who has followed the party closely has seen that evolution occur. And they should know, they should be able to discern the fact that there is a notable shift in James Dickey's leadership. So I can't vote for him for re-election. And I will be voting for Alan West. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to The Luke Messias Show. If you value this content and want our message to spread, please consider three of the following steps. One, subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to us on and leave us a review. Two, visit LukeMessias.com and sign up for our email alerts. And three, follow Raz and I on Twitter and visit my Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Luke Messias Texas. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Luke Macias, Texas. Thank you so much and God bless.